Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. I think we can do a little bit better than that for this group. Thank you, Chloe on piano, along with the angelic singers and dancers. What a beautiful tribute to all of our special mothers who love and care for their children more than words can express. God has gifted moms with a special love, an extra measure of his love. And I've said this before, I'll continue to say it as long as I can. We have the absolute best moms here at Community Christian Church, by a long shot. And so I'm wondering if we could just get our mothers to stand, please. Mothers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, stay standing for just a moment. Thank you so much for all that you mean to us and all that you do. We appreciate you. I'd like to just say a word of prayer over if you don't mind. In fact, uh, the rest of the church, just help me out. Mothers, keep standing. And anyone nearby, these gals, why don't you just gently lay your hand on their shoulder. Father, we're so thankful for our moms, a special gift to the world. We thank you for the love that you place in their hearts. We thank you for the daily sacrifices they make. Lord, all of the hard work, the love that they have, the concern they have for not only their families, but for all others. We pray a very special blessing over every gal who's standing here this morning. We thank you for your promise in Psalm 37 that tells us you give us the secret desires of our hearts. Those petitions that we lay before you that no one else knows about. And I pray, Lord, for the completion of these desires in the hearts of every one of these gals today. You are a God of reconciliation, restoration, and repair. And we pray, Lord, that you would do that in every home, every family, every marriage. And we'll give you all the praise In the wonderful name of Jesus, amen. Thank you, gals. Okay, good morning once again. Welcome to Community Christian Church. Great to have you here. How many of you are glad you came? I know you are. Last Sunday was Mission Sunday, and I'm just thinking you want to know the totals. Okay, remember the goal was $100,000? And so we put out the challenge to everybody. We asked you to be generous, to do your best. And we had our best showing for Mission Sunday since we started it seven or eight years ago with a grand total of $85,000. That's big. That is really, that's a big number. 65,000 in cash, 20,000 in pledges. So I mean, we're there. We got the rest of the year to get all the way to the end. So thank you so much. I trust that you appreciated Pastor Marion's sharing last week, that you sensed his, how genuine he is. He was extremely impressed with you, couldn't stop talking about you. So let's continue to pray for him and the good work that he's doing in Romania. Uh, Community Christian Church, has been said so many times, is literally changing the world. So thank you for your willingness to be a part of that. Okay, Pastor Teresa is going to come in just a moment and share the Mother's Day message. But just before she comes, I'd like to say one or two things about her, okay? Pastor Teresa has served faithfully here at Community Christian Church for over 27 years. And all during that time, that's right. You can go ahead and applaud her. 
All during that time, she has been present, fully engaged, and an active part of the ministry here. Even when facing her own troubles and her own challenges and hardships, still she continued to serve and has been available to anyone in need. Now, over the years, I've been able to establish relationships with multiple senior pastors like me. And I've concluded that by far, Pastor Therese is the finest and most devoted pastor's wife anywhere. You can't find a better pastor's wife. No one will care about your soul, pray for you, and be concerned about you like Therese. And I, for one, am very grateful for that. And so, Pastor Therese, thank you for your years of faithful service. Thank you for standing your post all these years. Thank you for uh, your heart for the people, your willingness to to do uh, whatever you can. Community Christian Church is a healthy and vibrant church because of you. So let's give her a round of applause as she comes. Thank you so much. You know, I wasn't going to cry today. And you guys just, you know, seriously. Can I get through one Mother's Day message without crying? Thank you so much. And it is my pleasure to serve, really. And I was just thinking about it, just sitting here thinking about some of you and the trials you've gone through this year. Okay, here we go again. Anyways, my heart goes out to you. And I do hold you dear to my heart. And thank you so much for your love. Well, it was about three and a half months ago where, when our oldest son, Anthony, most of you know him as Tony Jr., his wife Natalie and their two children moved. Yes, they moved away from us to South Dakota, but they did that because Natalie's mother's in treatment um, for cancer. And they went there to assist her to support her. And it's not been easy. There's a lot of issues they're dealing with, but it's a blessing for Natalie's mom, and for that I'm so thankful. So, of course, we've gone out there twice already, and once, you know, it's cold there in the winter. We went in the freezing temperatures and snow, but that's what you do when you have grandchildren, right? And then we just got back after Easter. We went there again for another week. And what a joy. What a pleasure to spend time with those kids and see them again. So I do have just a couple of pictures. Um, one, you can, one of, let's see, are you can, there they are. There's our son, and that's little Giovanni and Papa. And I just got to tell you about Gio. That little guy has stolen our hearts. Because this guy is just full of charm, and he's outgoing. His personality will just blow you away. And he's such an Italian boy, because he talks with his hands all the time. And then, of course, there's Audrey. I think I have a picture of her. The princess. And we took this picture, because every day we... We picked her up from school. We took this picture of her. And she's just growing so quickly. 
maturing into this beautiful young lady inside and out. And she loves the Lord, which is the most important thing. And while we were there, spending time with her, she said, Papa Nona, I have to memorize John 3, 16 through 18. I knew it in the King James Version, but now at my new school, I have to memorize it in the NIV. So of course, we just really enjoyed helping her memorize that verse. Everyone knows John 3, 16, right? God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Yes, that's our verse as Christians. And you know, as we were memorizing that verse with her and spending time with her, the Lord was just reminding me, you know, she's hiding my word in her heart. And because of that, I'm going to fulfill my purpose in her. And he reminded me again, because you know, when your kids are far away from you, you just, I don't know, it's just a, a different feeling. And he just reminded me again, I have them. I have them in the palm of my hand. And that was so reassuring to me. As I was praying about Mother's Day, a couple of verses just kept coming to me. And I'm going to get to them in a minute. And I believe they're the heart of this message. But they're found in Luke chapter 11. And I'd like you to turn there. And before we get to those verses, I'm going to read some other verses first. But just to give you a little background on this chapter, Jesus was giving instructions to his disciples on several different topics. He was talking in Luke chapter 11 about prayer, Satan, spiritual opportunity, and, and hypocrisy. And then an incident takes place right here in the 11th chapter of Luke, beginning in verse 14. So let's read Luke 11, 14 through 16. Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowd was amazed. But some of them said, By Beelzebub, the prince of demons, he's driving out demons. Others tested him by asking for a sign from heaven. Now, these aren't the verses that were in my heart, but these are good verses because here is Jesus teaching when a man with a demon is brought to him. And the Bible tells us that this demon was mute. So Jesus drives or casts out this demon, and then immediately this man is able to open up his mouth and freely talk. And it, this was an amazing miracle demonstrating God's power. And there were three different reactions from the crowd of people. Three different reactions, three different kinds of people watching this miracle of deliverance take place. The first reaction from the scripture here says, and the crowd was amazed. This first group, they were like, wow, this has to be God. This is amazing. Now, the second group, there was react, their reaction was by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, he's driving out demons. In other words, the second group said, he must be from Satan. And then the third group, others tested him asking for a sign. They were unsure what to believe. Three different people in the crowd, three different reactions to Jesus' miracle. So Jesus listens to their arguments. He's listening to them, and he uses their questions as an opportunity to teach, 
like he always did. He began to teach spiritual truths. He, he began to teach all about de demons, deliverance, casting out of devils. He began to talk about the power of God compared to the works of Satan. So he used this opportunity to teach them. And then in the middle of this like deep theological teaching on spiritual warfare, this woman in the crowd shouts out to him. So let's look at what she has to say in Luke 11, 27, 28. And this incident is only recorded in the book of Luke. Okay, Luke 27 and 28. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. And he replied, blessed rather are those who hear God's word and keep it. You like those verses. Now, when I look these, up, these, these verses up in other versions, that first part of the verse, blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you, it's pretty much the same in other versions, but Jesus' response is a little bit different. Look at the way the New Living International uh, words it. But even more blessed are those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. And then the New King James, which I really like, Jesus says, more than that, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. See, Jesus was never saying that his mother wasn't blessed or how wonderful his mother was. But he used this opportunity again to teach. But I don't know about you, but the timing of this woman's words seems off to me. I mean, here she is, just speaking out these words about Jesus' mother in the middle of this deep theological teaching. I'm like, what in the world is all that, is that all about? But I found out that it was not uncommon for people to shout out words of encouragement and praise while a rabbi was teaching. Kind of like we would do, like if pastor or someone's up here preaching and they'll say, preach it, right? Good word, preach it, pastor. So that's what she was doing. Now, we don't know much about this woman, but in researching, the only place I could find this woman was under the title of Nameless Women in the Bible. <laughs> so in other words, we don't, know to, we don't need to know her name. But I just think it's funny because this woman was applauding his mother. Jesus, your mother is so amazing. She gave you birth. She nursed you. And how many agreed to, with me that women who give birth to children should be applauded? Just ask Gina. However, it still seems odd to me. But what I think she was doing Remember those three different responses, the three different groups of people in the crowd? I think she wanted to, Jesus to know, hey, I was in that first group. I was amazed at your miracle. I think you're from God. I think she was supporting him. I think she was offering to him just such encouragement and praise. Now, one commentator wrote about this passage. 
He said, bursting with enthusiasm over Christ's healing of the mute demoniac in his answers to the crowd, a nameless woman shouted out. He was saying she was just bursting with enthusiasm. Oh my gosh, you're just so amazing. That's what he said she was doing. Now, this particular crowd that Jesus was teaching, they were made up mostly of Jewish people. And that included this nameless woman. And the Jewish people placed an extremely high value on family ties. And that's one of the reasons she brought his mother in on this. Now, the genealogy was an important guarantee that they were part of God's chosen people. Who they were descendants of, what tribe they came from, these things were so important to the people in that crowd. I find that really interesting. And a man's value in the Jewish tradition came from his ancestors. And a woman's value, according to their traditions, came from the sons that she bore. So really, what this woman was saying, she's like, wow, because of your family line, you are blessed. And your mother's blessed because she birthed such an amazing man who's so gifted like you. And so it wasn't a bad thing what she was saying. It was a good thing. But Jesus, again, look at his response. More than that, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. See, Jesus' response was just It just meant that a person's individual decision to read God's word, to hear it, to read it, to hear it, to obey it, is more important than his place or her place in the family tree. And I believe that Jesus was using this opportunity opportunity to address again her words and talk about spiritual truth. He was trying to redirect her gaze from natural truth, who his mother was, where he came from, where she was from, to spiritual truth. And that's what he did in this circumstance. That word blessed means the fullness of the blessing. The fullness of the blessing. It means the favor of God. So Jesus' response to her was, More than this, you are blessed, and you are blessed. And all those who hear the word of God and keep it, they will receive the fullness of God's blessings. They will receive the favor of God. It doesn't matter where you came from, what your background is. You know, according to Scripture, real, it, you know, God is no respecter of persons. Our background doesn't matter. We're all equally able to receive the fullness of God's blessings. Now, John MacArthur said this, Mary's relationship to Jesus as his physical mother did not confer on her any greater honor than the blessedness of those who hear and obey the word of God. I love, I love the way John says that. No greater blessing on her than on everyone who hears the word of God and is obedient to it. 
Now, do you remember with me back in Luke chapter 1 when the angel Gabriel first appeared to Mary? Mary was only around 16 years old, and she was a virgin. The angel Gabriel appeared to her and said that the Holy Spirit would overshadow her, and she would become pregnant with God's Son, and he would be the Savior of the world. And she said, wow, I can't believe this. Here I am of all the women in Israel. God's chosen me. So let's look at her response in Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Mary says, as he is the Lord's servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you've told me come to pass. And the angel left her. See, Mary, in a posture of humility, tender-hearted humility, she heard the word of God. She had a listening ear. She listened to the angel. And her response was, I accept whatever you have for me. In other words, she heard the word of the, of the Lord, and she kept it. She obeyed it. She said, yes, Lord, whatever you ask me to do, I'll do. And that's what Jesus was really talking about there. When he said, more than that, blessed is everyone who hears my word, hears the word of God, and keeps it. So Mary's blessing didn't only come from giving birth to Jesus, which she had a great blessing for doing that. But the greater blessing came because she heard the word of God and said yes to him. More than that. More than that, because under the new covenant, we are all open and free to receive salvation. It's a free gift. By grace, we're saved through faith. It's not anything that we say or do. It's a gift from God. If any man should boast, we can all receive God's divine favor, his gift, the fullness of his blessing by hearing and doing the word of God. Now, I love being a wife, a mother, and a grandmother. Nothing I love more than that. I was taught from a young age, from the time I was little, by my parents, that family was important. The importance of family was instilled in me from the time I was young. But you know, through the years, I'm reminded over and over that even those things, those, those things are wonderful, that I'm first to love Jesus Christ. And I am first his disciple. And as I love him, and as I hide his word in my heart, as I hear the word of God, put it into practice, and live it out in my life, that's how I'm truly an example. That's how I'm really an example to my children, to my grandchildren, to those in my life. That by just living out the word of God. One of my daily prayers goes like this. Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to listen. I want to hear. I want to obey it. And I pray that over my family very often. To, to listen, to hear, to listen and obey. Because how many know you can hear? Like you can hear me talking right now, but you might, might not be listening to me. And there will be a test after the service. <laughs> but we can hear the word, but not really listen. We can hear the word of God, but
but not receive it. Take it into our heart, hide it in there, and live it out and obey it. That's when the fullness of God's blessing comes. So how do we hear the word of God and keep it? How do we do that? Well, I believe the best way to hear the word of God and keep it is to open your Bible, (laughs) to study the scriptures, to know what the word of God says for yourself. And I'll never forget, well, second to, let, let me go there first. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says, all scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The word of God, the scripture is God-breathed. And I love how Timothy words this because we all know that the Holy Spirit breathed on men and they penned God's words. The word of God, the written word of God is life. It's alive. The Bible says that that word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword and it changes us from the inside out. And I had been a Christian for a few years before I ever really learned to study the Bible. I mean, I was a spirit-filled Christian doing all the works of the Lord, but I had never attended a Bible study. And the first Bible study that I attended where I actually not just read the Word, but I opened it up and I began to research scriptures and I began to read the Word for myself, the Word came alive to me. And all of a sudden, I could hear God speaking. I got so excited about the Word of God. I couldn't wait to open my Bible, turn the pages, and spend time. Hours would go by in the Word of God. But it wasn't until I really got into Bible study that I understood that. So when we started CCC 27 years ago, the first thing I did was start a ladies' Bible study because I had such a desire for women to get in the Word, to be lovers of the Word, lovers of truth, to discover God for themselves, to receive the full blessing of God by being in the Scriptures. And we started and and we went from home to home, different women hosted Bible studies. And I remember when we got our first church building, the U Sanctuary next door, We were so excited, first of all, to have a church. But when we held our first Bible study on a Tuesday in our church, our own church, I got so excited. And I think some of you were there, and it was just such an exciting day. But Bible study, being in the Word, being in Scripture is so important. It's life-changing. It's It's God breathing his life into each and every one of us. This past winter, the ladies in the the morning and evening Bible studies, we studied the book of Job. Yes, Job. How many have read through the book of Job? Be honest. (laughs) It's a hard book to read through. But yet we were led by the Holy Spirit to study the book of Job. And... When we did so, I was a little nervous. I'm thinking, how many women are going to sign up for this class? Do you know that we had an overwhelming response? Probably one of the biggest Bible studies we've ever done. 
And do you know that that study was one of my very favorite studies? You know why? Because of that study, I began to really understand God's purpose in and through pain and suffering. How many like to talk about pain and suffering? How many like to talk about trials? I don't either. But that's what Job is all about. And Lisa Harper, who's the author of that Bible study that we did on Job, she said this, and the quote should be up here on the screen. She said, the veil gets thinner between heaven and earth during times of pain and suffering. Wow. This is such an amazing quote. You know, there's a veil between us and heaven, right? I mean, we see in part just... We, we just only see in part now. But when we're going through hardship, that veil gets thinner. In other words, God wants to speak to us. God wants to comfort us. God wants to reveal himself to us in ways that we've not known him before. See, in the book of Job, Job goes through trial after trial. First, he loses all of his children. Then he loses all of his finances, his homes, tornadoes, disasters. Everything strikes him. And on top of that, he gets inflicted with sores. I mean, the man is in pain, trial after trial. But still, he says, no matter what happens, I'm going to worship God. And he worships. But chapter after chapter, Job begins to struggle And you know his main struggle? God, I've been a good person. I've done nothing wrong. How come all this is coming on me? Because his friends kept telling him, well, you must have done something wrong for all these bad things to happen to you, right? Do you know that trials come to the people of God? Not because we've done something wrong. Trials just come. And so, so Job's struggling. For 30 chapters, he struggles. And once you get through those 30 chapters, it gets a little bit better. Because all of a sudden, God breaks through. And he speaks to Job. And Job listens. He wants to hear what God has to say. And something so supernatural happens to Job he all of a sudden sees God in a brand new way. He all of a sudden says, wow, you are with me. I'm starting to understand. And in Job 42, verse 5, he says this, My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. See, in our struggles, in his struggles, he had been very faithful. He had been very religious. He had done everything right. He did sacrifices. He even did sacrifices for his kids just in case they sinned. But he didn't really know the Lord. So God, in those struggles, was bringing him to a fresh revelation of who he really was and how much God really loved Job. And that, my friend, is the purpose of pain and suffering, and so that we can get a greater understanding 
of God's character. It's not fun to go through trials, but when we go through them, it's worth it. If we open our hearts, if we hear the word of the Lord and keep it. In that study, we were challenged with the question. We heard a testimony from a lady who had been in ministry many years, and her, her son committed suicide. And she said she was challenged with the question, can you love Jesus with all your heart, even when your questions aren't answered? Can you? And she said, I said, yes, Lord, I will. Job's answer, uh, questions never got answered. Sometimes our questions don't get answered, but we're still first called to hear his word and keep it. And then God does heap his blessings and favor on us. It's not always the way we're thinking it's supposed to look. Sometimes his blessings look different than how we think they should look. Now for the next few minutes, I just want to look at a few passages from Psalm 119. You know, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. Don't worry, I'm not reading it today. But it was written, some think it was written by King Ezra, others by David. But there's 176 verses in Psalm 119, and do you know that almost every verse mentions the Word of God, the written Word of God. Now, the psalmist interchanges the words. He says statutes, decrees, laws, precepts, commands. But all these terms refer to the written word of God and the importance of God's word. So I'm just going to read a couple of these, a couple of these scriptures to you today. Psalm 119.11, one of my favorite. I have, hidden in your, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So not only are we to hear the word of God, but we're to listen, we're to hide it in our hearts. And the psalmist says, I'm hiding it there because I'm hoping I won't sin against you if it's in there. It's going to help me not to sin. You know, how many know God doesn't command or demand perfection? He just wants us to have a heart that doesn't want to sin, right? Okay, Psalm 119, 14 through 16. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. I don't know about you. I'm just getting excited about these verses because that whole thing, I will not neglect your word. We can't neglect his word. We're not to neglect his word. We need to read it, study it, hide it in our hearts because that's when we receive the fullness of the blessing and the favor of God. Psalm 119, 24. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. Do you know that this word delight means enjoyment? The psalmist says, your Word is my enjoyment. I enjoy reading your word. I can't wait to open your word because it's my delight. It brings me enjoyment. It, it brings me counsel, anything I need. 
And can I just say, if we don't have enjoyment in reading the scriptures, all we have to do is ask God for it. Lord, help me to be a lover of your word. Help me get excited about the scriptures. Psalm 119, 28 says, My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Do you know we have everything we need in the word of God? That word strengthen means to lift up again. How many have struggled with sorrow? How many have had sadness? The psalmist says, when I open your word, it lifts me up again. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. Psalm 119.30 says, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. When we set our heart on his word, it helps us to be faithful. Psalm 119, 89 and 90 says, Your word is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generation. God's word doesn't change. It's eternal. And I love this as a promise. You're going to be faithful, Lord, to all generations, to my generations. How many want to see the faithfulness of God to them and to those after you? That's a promise. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. It gives us guidance, direction, the word of God. And the last one, Psalm 119, 128, says, Because I love your commands more than gold, more than pure gold, and because I consider your, all your precepts right, I hate every wrong path. See, when we love God's word more than anything, when we love it more than material things, when we learn to love the truth of God's word, you know what happens? He helps us to hate and despise every wrong thing in our lives. If we're struggling with anything, when we become lovers of God's word, we despise the wrong way, the wrong path. So it's important to spend time in the Word of God, to hear the Word of God, and to obey it, to put it into practice. And when we spend time in God's Word, we're better people. We're better Christians. And for moms, you're better moms when you spend time in the Word of God. So we're supposed to hide that Word in our heart, hear it, keep it, and then we're to obey it. Anne Voskamp, author of The Broken Way, said this, the only way to love God is to give to people. The only way to serve God is to serve people. The only way to woo God is to care for the wounds of people. Isn't that beautiful? And you know a result of hiding God's word in our heart is serving others, loving others, being there for others. And I want to end this morning with just a short story. Um, like Pastor said, you know, I'm 27 years here, and, and beyond that, the Lord has called me to serve. And, and as a mom, as a Christian, I have served my family. I have served people in the church. It's just what God's called me to do. And it's what God's called all of us to do. And if you remember back in August of 2018, Pastor had a heart procedure called an atrial oblation, and that was to correct, he was going to have that procedure done to correct a condition called AFib. 
Now, what made his situation a little more complicated is that he has a factor eight deficiency, which makes that procedure and that surgery a little more challenging and a bit more dangerous. So he met with some doctors. They put together a plan for his surgery and for the post-op plan and all of that. So it was all set, pretty much all in place. So what was going to be, for an average person, a day and a half in the hospital, for him it was going to be five days in the hospital. And as the Lord would have it, my son Chris and his wife Megan happened to be living with us temporarily, just during that time while they were in the process of building their home. Now during that time, our children, our families, our friends, this church was just amazing and supportive. And I want to thank everyone for all of that. My son, Chris, though, was like amazing. And maybe because he was living with me at the time, but he watched over me like a hawk. I mean, he made sure I was eating, sleeping. He made sure I had transportation if I needed it. And he spent some really long hours at the hospital with, with me that week. So midweek, we had had a very stressful day. Now we're on day, on day three of this hospital stay. And anyone that's been in the hospital or had a loved one in the hospital knows you're going to have at least one stressful day, maybe many stressful days. So we had like a really long, stressful day, and we were getting ready to leave. We had two different cars in the parking structure. So the plan was for me to follow him out of the parking lot and, and follow, get him out of the parking lot, follow him home. And we couldn't wait to go home. We were like beat. So I'm getting ready to back out of my parking spot when I notice all this commotion going on. I'm like, what in the world? Police cars, everything happening. So I, I pull the car back in and I get out and I see Chris standing over there. And he tells this whole story in detail in a sermon. He told it back in August. So if you didn't hear it, you're going to have to get the podcast. Long story short, he told, he told about in his sermon about how the axle of his car fell right off in the parking structure in the middle of the aisle where nobody could get around him. So he did tell about how God sent this uh, canine unit police officer, Beaumont police officer, to kind of watch over us because this whole process of getting a tow truck, it didn't fit into the structure. Uh, the whole thing took hours and hours, aggravated drivers because he's blocking the, you know, blocking the aisle where people were trying to get out after their long shifts. And this guy just kind of watched out for us. So we finally got home. And it had to be close to 11 p.m. by now. And we were just like spent. So we pull in. And remember I said, you know, my kids were living with me at the time? Megan, my dear sweet... I can't even talk about it. My dear sweet Megan, my daughter-in-law. I'm sorry, I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> um, she's so special. Anyways, for, you, for those of you who don't know Megan, I mean, Megan is like a solid, strong woman of God. She's sensitive, she's faithful, she's loyal, special woman. Anyways, when, I, when we came in the house, the lights were turned low. There was, there was worship music playing. She's diffusing essential oils in the air. <laughs> Scented candles, flowers on the counter, a beautiful card. 
And she, just her loving, serving nature, made a, like a really rough week just end a lot better. And I just wanted to tell you that story because when we hear God's word, when we put it into practice, when we keep it, like I said, blessings come in ways that we aren't expecting. So I want you to bow your heads, and I'm going to ask Phil and the worship team to come to do a closing song. And I'd just like to pray. Father, just so thankful for your faithfulness and your goodness. And Lord, I'm asking on this Mother's Day that you would help each and every one of us to hide your word in our hearts, Lord. I pray for each one here today, each one listening, that we would become lovers of your word, lovers of truth, because Lord, more than anything, we want to be obedient. We want the full blessing of God on our lives. We want the favor of God on our lives. So I thank you for everyone here today. I ask your blessing over each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.